Hebrews chapter 9, verse 27, the Word of God says, And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. Amen. As it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. This morning, I want to preach on you have a court date. Everybody has a court date. You might not realize it, but there's a court date coming in the future for you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord God. And Father, I ask a special blessing on everybody that's represented here, Lord God, every soul. Lord, I ask you to bless their heart. Speak to the heart, Father God, this morning. Father, I'm praying that your Holy Spirit will move among us, Father. And uh, Lord, there's some needs that need to be met under, underneath the sound of my voice, Lord God. There's some hearts that need to be healed, Lord God. There's some souls, Lord God, maybe need to be saved, Lord. I'm asking that if you need to speak to the heart, Lord God, that you'll do it through your Holy Spirit. And when we give the invitation, Lord God, they'll come on down the aisle and they'll get saved, Lord. We want to thank you, Lord, though, for loving us, taking care of us, Lord, just for being a good God that you are. We thank you for being such a good Father. I'm praying all this in the name of our blessed Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, so you have a court date. You might not realize it, but there's judgment coming. And that judgment means that there's a court date. There's a court date in everybody's future. I don't care who you are. You could be the president of the United States. There's a court date coming. And what the problem is with most people in America and in the world, they don't realize there's a court date. They don't realize they have a court date. They don't even realize that they're in trouble. That they're going to have to stand in a, in a courtroom one day, but you will stand in a court and you will have to answer for things you've done. Uh, I remember one time we were, we had, what we do at the city of Brownwood, we would help the guys get a CDL, which is a commercial driver's license. And we would take them down to the to TxDOT or to the uh, Department of Transportation to take their driver's test and take their driver's license test and then take their test. Well, we took this guy down named Rick Patterson. He was from California. So that right there tells you it's a little strange. So we took him down there, and uh, we took him to take his... And we do all this on company time. We take a company truck down there, and we, we take him down and say, okay, now take your test. So he goes in there to take his test, and, and of course what they do at the Department of Transportation is they ask you for your driver's license, so he hands over his driver's license. They start running some things, and we're all waiting around for him, and all of a sudden here comes this DPS officer from the back of the, back of the office, and he comes in there, and he puts his hand on Rick's arm. He goes, uh, you're under arrest. And Rick's like, what's, what's going on? He goes, you've got some outstanding warrants from California. Yeah, there's some bills, some, some, uh, evidently he had some traffic tickets he hadn't paid or whatever. This guy was speechless. He's still at work, mind you. He just went down there on company time to take his test. He gets arrested. He's shocked. We have to call the boss. Hey, uh, you know, we took Rick down here to get his test. Yeah, well, he's arrested. They arrested him out here. He had, some, he had some outstanding warrants. He didn't realize it. Well, he got to keep his job. We, we bailed him out of jail. He paid his warrants. Everything was fine. But there's a great example of a guy. He had no idea. If he had an idea that he was going to get arrested, do you think he would have ever showed up there? No way. He wouldn't have ever shown up. But that's the way the world is. The world, a lot of people are walking around. They have no idea that there's a court date coming. So the question might be, to, be back to me. Well, if I'm going to have a court and I'm going to go before court, who's going to be my judge? Psalms chapter 96, verse 8. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto His name. Amen. Bring an offering and come into His courts. There's courts waiting on you. There's courts. The Lord has courts. Oh, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Fear before Him all the earth. This is for all the earth. Say among the heathen that the Lord reigneth. Hey, I'm here to tell you, I don't care if you're a heathen way off in the jungles of Africa, the Lord God reigns over this earth. And the world also shall be established that it shall not be moved. 
He shall judge the people righteously. So that verse right there tells you one great thing. The Lord God, He is going to be your judge. This Lord God that reigns over the whole earth, He's going to be the one that judges you. Skip down to verse 13. Before the Lord, for He cometh, for He cometh what? He cometh to judge the earth. He shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with His truth. This judge is going to be the Lord God Almighty, your Lord God Almighty. I don't care if you're an atheist, He is your God. And you're going to stand before your God. And this Lord God Almighty is going to judge you in righteousness and in whose truth? His truth. You see that at the end of that verse, verse 13? And he, the, he shall judge the world with righteousness and the people with His truth. Amen. Not with the world's truth, not with your professor's truth, not with your truth, what you think the truth is, or what, you, what, the, what the media tells you the truth is, or what your science book tells you the truth is. This is God's truth. Amen. So you better find out what the truth is. In the reality of God, not in the truth like you've got this straw man God set up and he believes this way and, and I believe God believes in this. and God. No, you better find out really what the truth is. Because that's the truth you're going to be judged by, by this Lord God. That's who's going to be judging you. Now go back to Psalms 9. I apologize, guys. Go back to Psalms 9 because I wanted to read that to you first. We're establishing that the heathen need to know and realize that the Lord God reigns, reigns over all the earth and he's going to be the one to judge you. Look at Psalms chapter 9, verse 7. Psalms chapter 9, verse 7. The Lord shall endure forever. He hath prepared His throne for judgment. So the Lord has a throne and He's prepared it for what? For this judgment. He's preparing a throne for judgment. Look at verse 8. He shall judge the world in righteousness. There it is again. He shall minister judgment to the people in uprightness. Do you see what I'm getting at here? Over and over the Bible's telling you, there's judgment coming. There's judgment coming. There's judgment coming from the Lord God Almighty. And the Bible told us, and you say, that's Old Testament. Brother, the New Testament said it's appointed for men once to die, then the judgment. So there's a judgment coming for every man. Everybody's going to have to face judgment. Yeah, yeah, look down at verse 15. Same chapter, Psalm, Psalm chapter 9, look down at verse 15. This stuff's all through the Psalms, all through the Bible, judgment. Verse 15, the heathen are sunk down in the pit that they made, in the net which they hid, and their own, is their own foot taken. So when you're standing before this judge, you better get ready because you're digging a pit for your own destruction. You've personally dug this pit. You've personally laid out this own, your own net. You're like Haman. You've got the rope. You're the one that's built the gallows, and you hang in yourself. Amen. That's what that verse is telling you. That's what the wicked do. And everybody underneath the sound of my voice, they are heathen and they are wicked. You're wicked. And you, you're a sinner. You're a sinner before God. Verse 16, the Lord is known by the judgment which He executes. The Lord's known for the judgment which He executes. So this is the judgment. God is a judge. He's the one that's executing it. The wicked is snared in the work of his own hands. Goes back again and says that. Higion, Selah, those are pauses. Look at verse 17. You know what happens to the wicked in this judgment? The wicked shall be turned into hell. And all the nations that forget God. Amen. Amen. Guys, there's a judgment coming. You're about to go into God's courts. And all the wicked are going to be thrown into hell. 
That's God's prison. A fiery dungeon of hell. That's what's coming. That's what God warns us about. It's the wicked shall be turned into hell, not into a little boo place, not into a place called a grave. It's called hell. And that's a judgment. And that's after you've had that judgment, that's where you're, that's where you're going to go. Skip the, look, look at chapter 10 while we're over here. Look at chapter 10, verse 2. Chapter 10, verse 2 of Psalms. The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in the devices that they have imagined. Talking about how wicked men are. For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire and blesseth the covetousness whom the Lord abhorreth. That's the world we're living in right now. The world we're living in, the wicked, verse 3, boasteth of his heart's desire. You might be on the sound of my voice, and in your heart you're saying, I'm never going to stand before this judgment. I, I'm, I, I don't have to worry. There is no God. You know, they just keep boasting and boasting, and it's all in their heart. And in their heart they really believe that. But it doesn't make it the truth. We're talking about the Lord's truth. And the Lord's truth is, He is going to make you stand. And you can boast, and you can have your heart's desire might be the most beautiful thing in the world, but it's not the truth. And you better watch out. God, the Lord's coming for you. Verse 4, the wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. And the last person on your mind might be God. And the last person in your thoughts might be God. But I'm here to tell you and to warn you this morning that there's a court date coming. That everybody's going to stand in this court. And in this courtroom, the judge is going to be the Lord God Almighty. So the question might come to you next is, okay, well, if the Lord's going to be my judge, what kind of judge is he? Turn back a couple of pages to Job, to Job chapter 8. Job chapter 8. Let's look what kind of judge the Lord God is. Because the Bible's real plain about God's going to be your judge. And the Lord is called in Genesis 18, he's called the judge of all the earth. The Lord in Genesis 18, 25 is called the judge of all the earth. He's the great judge. And this judge isn't going to be uh, the Lord God being your judge. This isn't going to be a judge that's your friends or your cohorts or somebody you buddied around with. Or th- this is the Lord God Almighty is going to be your judge. Uh, you notice how, uh, how important a judge is in American uh, judicial system. We, we literally vote in presidents. People vote for presidents thinking, hoping they'll put in the right judge in the Supreme Court. And, and it's a, they'll tell you, if we don't get this guy in to, 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 pre, to the presidency, they'll, you'll get the wrong guy in, and he'll pick the wrong judicial judge, and that judge will get on the Supreme Court, and then our whole system will be messed up. This whole system, this whole country is run by judges. But the ultimate judge is the Lord God. Amen. And the ultimate courtroom to come into is the Lord God. So you say, what kind of judge is the Lord God? Look at Job chapter 8, look at verse 3. Look at verse 3. Job says this, actually it's Bilidad. He says, doth God pervert judgment or doth the Almighty pervert justice? The implied answer to that question is no. No, the Lord God doesn't. He doesn't pervert justice. He doesn't, he doesn't pervert judgment. This is not a perverted judge or a, 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 a crooked judge. This is the Lord all God, God Almighty who does all His judgment. We already read it. He does all His judgment in righteousness. Amen. 
He's not like the judges you see running around. And, you know, if you're around Brown County or uh, maybe in Hamilton County, if, if I knew the courthouse a little better, there would be people who say, that's a crooked judge or that's a judge that's not a very good judge. Or this ju There's different judges that are known for different things. With this judge, the Lord God Almighty, he's known for being truthful and not perverting justice and not perverting judgment. Look at, look at chapter 34 of Job. Look at chapter 34. We're looking at the judgment of God, how God judges Look at Job, Job chapter 34, verse 12. See, I'm doing this like a lawyer would do it. I'm quoting the word of God. A lawyer would stand up and a lawyer would, would quote uh, different things that have happened in the judicial system. And there's books, so you can go into books and it gives you all these different court cases. And that's how you, it's all written down. It's all documented. This is all documented for any person, any man, woman, boy, or child to read. And they can understand how God thinks, how God's going to judge them. Look at Job 34, verse 12. Yea, surely God will not do wickedly, neither will the Almighty pervert judgment. Amen. See, this, this judge, the Lord God Almighty, of course, he's first off, he's a righteous judge. He's not the kind of judge that you can bribe. He's not the kind of judge that you can go before, and before the court case takes place, you can send this judge a, you know, a case of beer, or you can send this judge uh, you know, $10,000, and you can really sway how this judge, get, when you get into his courtroom, you can really sway how he's going to lower the gavel on you. That's not the kind of judge we're talking about. We're talking about the Lord God Almighty. You can't pay him off. Amen. You can't pay off a guy that owns a, a cattle on a thousand hills. <laughs> you, you can't outsmart this judge that's all-knowing. You can't outsmart him. You think you're going to stand before this judge and you think you're going to say some stuff to him and outsmart him, you got another thing coming. You know, I've heard atheists, and man, some of these atheists are so, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, I hear some of the arguments from the atheists, and it's mind-blowing. They're so intelligent. And then I'll listen to the apologist, which is a Christian apologist, and I'll hear what they had, their answer to that, and I'm like, man, that guy, that's an incredible, incredible answer. That guy's so smart. You, you, you could sit there all day long, and this guy's real smart, and that guy's real smart, but see, when you get to God, you're not going to be out, outsmart this guy. This ain't the kind of judge you're going to be able to get up there, and you're going to use your wily ways and, and think, I'm going to use my intelligence. He's the one that gave you intelligence. He's the one that created your mind. And see, this God, he's not like a, this God, this judge, he's not the kind of judge that doesn't know all the facts that say, okay, well, you can, before you get to the courtroom, you can hide some facts from the judge. Maybe there's somebody that's going to stand on the witness stand and you can be like one of those gangster mobsters and you can take that witness and you can get them killed off before they, before they get to the witness stand, see. That's not the kind of judge you're coming before. You're coming before a judge that knows it all, that's seen it all, and that's recorded it all. That's scary. Now listen to me, this judge, he knows it all, he's seen it all, and he's recorded it all. Amen. That's a scary thought, guys. This judge, this Lord God, our judge, he's recorded every hair on your head. Y'all know the verse? A lot of even heathens know that the Bible says that God has got every hair on your head numbered. Amen. If he's got every hair on your head numbered, I'm here to tell you he's got every sin recorded. Oh, it's getting quiet in here. <laughs> every sin recorded. Every sin recorded. That's a scary thought to think he's got every Amen. sin recorded. Got it in every book. See, what, what makes it so scary? Because let me tell you something. You've forgotten a lot of your sins. Amen. I'm not trying to be a smart aleck. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to get you wake up. You've forgotten half of what you've done. 
I know you have. I have. I've run into somebody, and they were telling me something the other day, and they were telling me something, and they were saying, uh, this, that, and another. I'm like, really? That's kind of, yeah. And he goes, yeah, you remember doing that? And I'm like, no. He goes, you did it. <laughs> no, I didn't. He goes, yeah, you did it. He had to remind me. I'd forgotten all about it. I'm not going to tell you what it was. <laughs> you, know what, you know what that made me think of when I stand before God, and he opens up those books, and he starts reading stuff I forgot all about? Because, see, we're really, really good about forgetting those bad things we did. And we're really, really good about remembering those good things we've done. We remember everybody we've ever loaned money to, amen? Everybody's ever gotten a buck off us, we remember them. By, we can remember, we remember their last names. But everybody that we've ever borrowed money from, that we've done, it's real funny how we can forget those people. That's what our wives are there for, men, to remind us of all the bad things we've done. That's what God gives us the wife for. All right, so you might ask, who will be my judge? You might ask, what kind of judge is the Lord? Let me ask you this. You might ask, what will I be judged on? That's a good question. Okay, if I'm going to stand in a courtroom and I'm going to be judged by a judge, well, what's he going to judge me on? Look at Ecclesiastes. Turn to the right. You can find the book of Psalms, then you go to Proverbs, and then Ecclesiastes. I encourage you to turn with me and read this stuff. Uh, Read what the Word of God says. Don't take my word for it. It's all right here. God's not trying to hide anything from you. This is not a court that you're going to appear for in front of and be surprised. The only reason why you're going to be surprised when you stand in this courtroom is because you want to be surprised. You want to be what they call willfully ignorant. You want to be dumb on purpose. You don't want to know what's coming. But you are, it is coming. You do have a court date. And let me show you in, in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, Ecclesiastes chapter 11, verse 9, let me show you what you're going to be, what you're going to be judged on. Here's Solomon, the wisest man uh, to ever walk the earth outside of Jesus Christ. This is what he said in verse 9. Rejoice, O young man. Talking about young men. We, us guys in here, we remember being young at one time. Amen. Amen. O young man in thy youth. We were supposed to rejoice in that. Let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in the ways of thine heart. Man, you remember when you were young and you just went where you wanted to go, did what you wanted to do, and you did it how you wanted to do it? Y'all remember that? You remember when you went fishing, when you wanted to go fishing, you went fishing all night long? I remember Brother George telling stories of going out to the cow house and just walking all down here and fishing and doing what he wanted to do. And his parents just assumed everything's okay. He was a young man. He just went and did whatever he wanted to do, however he wanted to do it. And he might even, he probably can't tell you half of what he did, amen? Amen. I can't tell you half of what I did when I was a kid. I just remember I was carefree. Live in life. It says, and walk in the ways of thine heart and in the sight of thine eyes. But look, but know thou, what's that? That for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Solomon says, hey, you did all that stuff when you were young, you were living carefree. Yeah, you have that will. God's giving you that freedom, the, uh, giving you the great gift of free will. But let me tell you something. God says there's a payday someday. There's a payday. You're going to stand before me. And all those things you did as a youth, all those things you did through your life, you will stand before God in judgment. That's a warning. That's a sombering thought. See, that's what you're going to be judged on. Look at chapter 12. Same chapter, same book, Ecclesiastes. Look at chapter 12. Look down at verse 14. What will I be judged on? Look at chapter 12, verse 14. 
We'll look at verse 13. Let's, let's, let's look at verse 13 because I want you to see what... This is exactly how Solomon closes out the book of Ecclesiastes. Here's verse 13. Chapter 12, verse 13. Let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. So Solomon's been running on and giving you all these advice. Here's the conclusion of the whole matter. First off, fear God. Why should you fear God? Because you're going to stand before Him in judgment. You better be afraid of God. This is not a reverential trust that you might read in some Bibles. Or whatever. This is not a reverential trust. This is a, you should be shaken in your boots to stand before your God. You, he knows all, guys. All those things your wife don't know. All those things your husband don't know. All those things you don't want anybody to know. He knows that. Stuff that's hidden in the closet. Those, those skeletons, God knows where they're all hid. We're just See, when we're little kids and mom and dad says, clean up your room. We go and clean up our room. We take everything we can. We shove it under the bed. We try to shove it in the closets. Amen. And we try to clean it up. And we're hoping mom and dad will come in and just open the door and look and say, yeah, it's all clean. And won't, they won't go look under the bed and look in the closets. Amen. Because they open up the closet, the whole thing will fall down on them. And when we get older, we think we're so much better. And we're not. We're just as wicked. We just, we're just a lot better at hiding it, see. We have a lot better hiding places to go hide those sins. Nobody, nobody can see, see. And we're a lot better about hiding them way down deep in our heart where nobody can know they're in there. Not even our wife or husband. Nobody, even our best friend don't know about that. But God knows. And that should wake you up. You should fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Your whole purpose in life should be able to be pleasing to God and keeping what He wants you to do. That's the duty of man. That's your duty. That's what Solomon says. Now look at verse 14. For God, oh, here we go. This is scary. For God shall bring every work into judgment. Not some of it, every. With every secret thing. Whether it be good or whether it be evil. He knows all, he's seen it all, he's recorded it all. That's your judge. That's your court date that's coming. That should scare you. Boy, it scares me to think I'm going to stand before a judge that knows everything. I can't talk my way out of this. <laughs> you know, some of you ladies, you can't bat your eyes out of this. I know some ladies, they get pulled over by a cop, and I think they take their shirt, and I think they pull it down just a little bit more. <laughs> hey, officer. They're, they're, ne- they're never as sweet as they are when they're talking to the police officer after he's pulled them over. Can't do that with God. You're not going to be able to flirt your way out of it. You're not going to be able to talk your way out of it. You're not going to be able to bribe your way out of it. You're done for. And not only do you have all these secrets hidden away, God says, there's nothing secret in my eyes. I know it all. That should wake you up. You're going to be judged for everything you've ever done. Matthew chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus Christ says, But I say unto you that every idle word... That man shall speak, that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. Amen. Another thing you'll be judged on, guys, you're going to be judged on every idle word you say. Riding down the road, nobody's in the car with you, and you say those things you shouldn't say, God's there with you. Somebody's in Walmart, and they cut you off and go in line in front of you. You've already been waiting in line 30 minutes, and they cut you off. And then underneath the sound, this very barely leaves your lips. You say those things? God says, oh, yeah, yeah, that's what he said. Every idle word man shall give account of the day of judgment. 
That's very sombering. For a big mouth like me, that's scary. Amen, brother. Man, you could drop a pin in here and hear it. <laughs> that's the kind of judge we're going to be standing in front of. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 24. See, so many people think, well, you know, I'm not that bad. I'm, I, I'm, I, I'm not a sinner. I'm not wicked. You know, God's going to, I'm going to stand before God, and I've done a lot of good things. I haven't done that many evil, and I don't think I have that many secrets. Well, let me tell you something right off. And I'll tell you this to your face. You're a liar. <laughs> you're a liar. There's so many, you're a good liar, too. Because everybody I know is wicked. We talked about this in Sunday school. You're just good at hiding it. And if we really got to know you, we'd know how wicked you really are. Jesus Christ st said straight out, he said, If you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, who did he call evil? His disciples. The 12 men he picked out. The 12 men he thought were the best of the best. These are the men I want following me. These are the men I want sleeping around me. These are the men I want eating with me. These are the men I want to change the whole world with. I'm going to change the world for another 2,000 years with these 12 men. He looks them in the face and said, If ye being evil, he called them evil. Another place the Bible says, Jesus Christ says, He knew what was in man's heart. Amen. He knows what's in your heart. Guys, I'm not trying to step on your toes. Y'all should already know how wicked you really are. You've been listening to the TV. You've been watching the, uh, listening to the radio. You've been reading too much of the internet. Maybe you've been reading too much of the Facebook because they've got you convinced that you're not all that bad. Because they want to be convinced that they're not all that bad. Because deep down in their heart, they know there's going to come a day they're going to account to God for what they've done and they think they're going to talk their way out of it. And you're not going to be able to talk your way out of it. This is a righteous judge. Joseph uh, Francis, he was a king over in Austria, and they had, he had died, and they brought him up to the, they had this mausoleum, and had these big doors, and they walked up in this big procession to take his body into the, into the doors and into the mausoleum, and they got to the doors, and the doors were shut, and there was a guy on the other side, and uh, this is a tradition, the guy was on the other side, he goes, who's there? And they said, this is the king of Austria. He goes, I don't know him. Who's there? And on the other side, the people that were holding the king, they said, this is the king of Austria. This is Joseph Francis. And the guy on the other door says, I know not who that is. Who's there? And the people holding his body said, it's a man that's a sinner named Joseph Francis. And the doors opened up. And they let him in. Guys, what does that say? It don't matter if you're the king of Austria, you're still a sinner. And you're going to go to the grave like every man goes to the grave as a sinner. I don't care how far you've raised in this life. You became a doctor. You became a lawyer. Maybe you became a president, a senator. Maybe you became very great in your community. You're still going to go into the grave as a sinner. You've got the same court date as I've got. You're going to stand before the same judge as I'm going to get. And he's going to know all the secret sins. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 5. Look at verse 24. Some men's sins are open beforehand. Guys, y'all know sinners. Y'all know that drunk that's down. Y'all know that guy that's a wife beater. Y'all know that guy that got convicted of child molestation. Y'all know that guy that got convicted of murder or, or stealing and is in prison. We all know guys like that. Those are the guys that go in before, into the judgment with the sins open beforehand. But notice what he says here. Some men's sins are open beforehand going before the judgment. Look, and some men, they follow after. That should scare you. 
that good outstanding citizen you know that's got the tie and the suit and you see him walking around there smiling and waving. He's such a good old boy. And then he gets to heaven and uh-oh, something's going to follow him in into the courtroom. And it's something he don't want to follow him in there. Everybody underneath the sound of my voice knows a person. They know it said he was such a good person or she was such a good person and you really liked them and then they did something you couldn't believe they would do. Amen? Amen. Got caught stealing, maybe got caught doing something. You, you couldn't believe it. You said, well, guys, everybody has problems. There's some people are better than hiding it. But there's a time coming. There's a, there's a judgment coming. <laughs> And I'm going to stand before God, and when I stand before God, He's going to open up the books, and He's going to be there, and He's going to judge me. And there's nowhere I can hide this stuff. There's nowhere I can say, well, God, can you just forget about that? Open the books. Open the books. Before the judgment, and some men, they follow after. Look at one more verse in closing. Look back at Daniel chapter 7. I'm going to read you one more set of verses in Daniel chapter 7, and we're, we're closing. There's judgment coming, and the world doesn't realize it. There's a court date for every man and woman, and they don't realize it. Look at verse 9. Daniel chapter 7, verse 9. This is the end of the world. I beheld till the thrones were cast down. Those are the thrones of the world. And the Ancient of Days did sit, that's God Almighty, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure wool. The hair of his head like the pure wool. That's what the English judges used to do. You've seen those pictures of the English judges and they'd have the big white wool that they'd put on when they were judging. Where do you think they got the idea from? They got the idea from the Bible. That's God as a judge sitting on a throne. His throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. Look at verse 10. And a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Guys, there's fire. There's fiery streams. This is judgment day. Thousand thousands ministered on him. That's us. That's the saved. And 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. You're going to stand before God. The judgment was set and the books were opened. I'm not just running my mouth when I say he's going to open up a book. Can you imagine when God decides to carry in the books of all your sins? Telling you, how many angels is it going to take to carry in all the books? <laughs> uh, oh, Lord, please. Come in. Angels got them. Just carry them in. Just one after another. <laughs> Open the books. And those things you thought you'd never hear about again, here they come being read out loud. What scares me is who's going to be there to hear them being read? Oh, friends, judgment's coming. It should, it should sober you up. You know, there was a man over in London named uh, Noel Carroll, and he decided to, do, he decided to test this out. And there, he, took, he took 20 distinguished gentlemen in London. They were well-known, and they, had, uh, out, they were outstanding citizens in London, and he sent this simple note to them. He sent this simple note, and on this note, he sent it to them. All is discovered... Escape while you can. 20 of them. He sent this note and it said, all, all it said was, all is discovered, escape while you can. All 20 of them men left town. <laughs> what does that tell you? Guys, I know we're laughing, but... Mm-mm-mm-mm. Billy Sunday, when he was getting ready to preach, I'm going to close with some of this. When Billy Sunday was getting ready to preach... 
before he would go into a town, he would, he would get with the mayor. Now, Billy Sunday was a great evangelist, man, one of the greatest. And it was around the, the 1900s, early 1900s. He would call the mayor. He'd, I mean, he'd write the mayor, call the mayor, and he'd say, give me a list of some prominent citizens, somebody I can pray for, some people who need some spiritual help. Well, he got to this one town, and he, uh, he sent to the mayor, and he says, I need a list of, of people I can pray for, some citizens in your town that need prayer. And he got a letter back from the mayor. And what the letter, the letter back from the mayor was a package. And when Billy Sunday opened up that package, he pulled out of that package a telephone directory. The mayor was saying, pray for everyone. In my city, everyone needs spiritual help. Guys, that's God's attitude. God says everyone needs spiritual help. There's a court date, and it's coming, and God's got it set up for you. But men are so self-righteous, men don't think they're sinners. Men don't, men don't understand that when you stand before God in this judgment, when God starts opening up the books, men don't understand that God's not going to let them get away with it. Man calls it an accident. God calls it an abomination. Man calls it a blunder. God calls it blindness. Man calls it a defect. God calls it a disease. Man calls it a chance. God calls it a choice. Man calls it error. God calls it enmity. Man calls it a fascination. God calls it a fatality. Man calls it an infirmity. God calls it iniquity. Man calls it a luxury. God calls it a leprosy. Man calls sin a trifle. God calls it a tragedy. Man calls sin a mistake. God calls it a madness. Man calls sin a weakness. God calls it willfulness. Guys, there's payday coming. There's a payday coming. Everybody's got a court date. Everybody's got a court date. <laughs> you need a good lawyer. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> if somebody says you're going to court, you've been, you're going to get tried, they're going to put you on trial, you need a good lawyer. Amen. Amen. You say, man, I, I, I need a good lawyer. Jesus Christ will be your lawyer. Amen. You need Jesus Christ. And simply put, you need to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Amen. Next Sunday, next Sunday, I'm going to be preaching on the rest of this court case. And we're going to see who the prosecuting attorney is. We're going to see who the lawyer is. We're going to see what you can do to get out of this. Because it's pretty obvious what I've read to you this morning, what I preached to you this morning. We're all sunk. Amen. Amen. Everybody is doomed. Amen. Jesus Christ went so far as to say, if you believe not on me, you're condemned Already. He didn't just say that, just run in his mouth. Every word's put in there for a reason. So I've shown you that God's a judge, that you've got a court date coming. I've shown you what kind of judge he is. He's righteous. You're not going to get out of it. And one thing about this judge, he knows everything about you. But I'm not here to give you all bad news. That was 99% bad news. Amen. Amen. Let me give you the 1% good news. The gospel is Jesus Christ will save you Amen. and get you out of that court date. Amen. That's what he'll do. And if you, haven't, if you don't know for sure if you've gotten out of that court date, then you need to receive Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. He'll get you out. And if you're here with me next Sunday, I'll show you how he's going to get you out. He has a way to get you out. He's a good lawyer. <laughs> he's the best you can get. And the problem with this lawyer is money's not going to buy him. 
Man, you can't buy this lawyer. You've got to receive him. You've got to call him up. You've got to ask him. And say, hey, man, I'm in trouble. I'm a, I'm, I'm a sinner. I, I've done all this stuff. I, I'm doomed. Man, when I get before the judge, he's going to condemn me. I'm condemned. And this lawyer, Jesus Christ, says, you've come to me. You've done the right thing. I'll handle it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for handling our sin. Lord, we're just sinners, convicted, doomed. Lord, we know we deserve hell. Lord, we know if we was to stand before you as a judge, you would condemn us and send us to hell. We have no chance. But Lord, thank you so much for sending Jesus Christ to be our lawyer. Lord, thank you for giving me that court-appointed lawyer named Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying for my sin, paying the price. Lord, forgive me for being so wicked. Lord, forgive me that I'm not good enough just to live it, that you had to die for me, Lord. Lord, I want to thank you for being so full of grace that you're willing to come down. Know I'm a sinner and still die for me. Lord, if there's somebody in the sound of my voice that's never received you as their lawyer, never received you as their payment for that judgment, Lord, I pray, Father, that you'll speak to the heart this morning as we give an invitation, and they'll come on down the aisle, Lord God, and receive you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, thank you for calling me and laying on my heart this condemning hell waiting for me, Lord God. Thank you so many years ago when I was 17, Lord God, you showed me real quick that I was going to hell. Lord, thank you so much. Thank you so much for the truth, Lord God. I, I, I ran from the truth for so long, Lord God, but thank you so much, Father, for not giving up on me and kept showing me the truth that judgment's coming. Amen. Judgment's coming. And Lord, I thank you that you got me a way out of it. Thank you for being so loving. Praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Let's have an invitation. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing because I bowed my head knowing I'm a sinner and asked him to save me and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.